You're listening to Red Hill Stories, discussions about faith, life, and Jesus. I am your host, Lyle Walker. On this special episode, we recorded a live version of our podcast at the Homestead Barn here in Tallahassee, Florida, in the Monticello, Florida area. I just want to say a special thanks to everybody at the Homestead Barn and to everyone who came out to make that night of worship and podcast recording so special. If this is your first time listening to Red Hill Stories, just want to remind you that you can check us out at redhillschurch.com slash stories. You can also subscribe to us at iTunes and on Spotify. Now, on to the story. So if you are visiting tonight and you don't know who we are, uh, this is Pastor Marshall Oaks. Wave. Hello. My name is, uh, I guess, Pastor Lyle Walker. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Uh, so this is actually the first time Red Hills has ever done this. We've A, li- a live podcast? A li- well, two things, a, like a worship, night of worship thing. Um, this is not the first time we've done a podcast recording, but it definitely is the first time we've done a live one. So this is going to be fun. Uh, We figured what a good way to, uh, well, I guess probably a lot of you don't even know what we're doing here. So let's just kind of start from the beginning. So Red Hill Stories is a podcast that I do for the church. Um, We have a couple seasons out right now, and you can go to our website, redhillschurch.com slash stories, or you can go into iTunes or Spotify, and you can subscribe. And what it is... Uh, What I do is I sit down with church members, and I get their story. It's a testimony Uh, with the goal and one thing in mind. It's not to talk about us. Uh, It is our testimony. It is about us, but it's not about us, if that makes sense. It's about one person. That's Jesus. Amen. Um, Amen. I like that. Um, And that's what tonight's about. As you were coming through the doors, you saw a sign that said it's all about Jesus. So everything we want to do at Red Hills is to point a a bright light of Jesus on who we are and what he's done for us. And that's what we do. Um, and so that's what we're going to do tonight. And we're going to get that tonight by hearing Pastor Marshall's testimony, story, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, God's faithfulness. God's faithfulness. Um, so if you want to, you can go back and listen to the past podcast recordings and episodes. Um, we've got about seven or eight, nine recorded so far. So go ahead and def- definitely check that out. So, uh, But tonight, again, we're going to hear Pastor Marshall's story. Uh, but we always start out with a funny thing about the person because it always uh, cuts, I don't know, it's kind of weird when you start recording somebody and there's always just like this weirdness to begin with. So um, we always start out with a funny story. So Pastor Marshall, tell me this, um, which is kind of weird to call you that because we don't really get official with words. I'm going to just call you Marshall from you here on out. You can just call me Marshall. That's it, that's it. And okay. any of this, anyone in the room, you can just call me Marshall. Yeah, yeah, we don't do titles. That's my name. So yeah, that's Marshall. right. We weren't born, you weren't born Pastor Marshall. I wasn't. But that's part of your story probably. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so tell us something that's funny anecdotal thing about you that very few people know. Does that, oh, so it's got to be funny? I was hoping it would be funny. That makes it more enjoyable. But I mean, like I'm afraid of roaches. That's funny for a big guy, you know? Oh, man. Um, something funny and anecdotal about me. Um, this isn't really funny. <laughs> I, I didn't come prepared with something funny. I told I you about this. I had to say I told you on funny. Sunday. I told you on Sunday. Um, <laughs> Um, I guess the funny thing about me would be, um, uh, I guess that's not funny. I don't have anything funny. <laughs> okay, I'm not okay. a very funny guy. Let's cut the funny thing out. Okay. Oh, okay. Just, something interesting about something me? Something interesting. That's, okay. okay. Um, I'm allergic to dairy. Okay. <laughs> Was that funny? It got, it got, uh, it, it got a laugh. 
You gotta laugh. I'm a pretty tall guy with elves right. over my head. That's right. I like video games. I do too. Super into video yeah. games. Uh, my daughter said that I should share that. She listens to the Red Hill stories religiously. She's like, so Pastor Lyle's going to ask you a question and ask <laughs> It's going to be something interesting. You should totally tell him that you play video games. Like, I but think everybody we, knows that about We text me. each other all the time about the video games that we're playing. Yeah, we do. That's right. So I think I'm the reason why you're into it. It's a, my apologies. A, it's a, no, it's okay. Apologize to my wife over there. So. Uh, yeah. Everyone over the age of 50 is like, well, this is the last time I'm going to that church. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I thought what was kind of funny is I'm sweating up here. Uh, I was thinking about tonight as we were worshiping, uh, the upper room didn't have air conditioning. No, it didn't. I do apologize, too. I didn't think through this. I'm probably showing more leg than I typically do <laughs> on a Sunday morning. I wore shorts just to be comfortable, but I didn't think through this, so my apologies. That's okay. I did change into jeans before this. I thought <laughs> I had. You did. You're much more prepared than I am. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Eyes up front. Okay. All right. So let's get into the story part of it. Are our levels good? Levels good? Are we, okay. are we strong? Sorry, that's the sound. That's the Excellent. recording guy in Because it would be kind of, it's fun to do this, and I'm glad everybody's here, but when I get home and check the recording, I want it to actually be there, because <laughs> that would be unfortunate. That's so. important. All right, so I always say this, Pastor Marshall. Gosh, Marshall. It's okay. What's your story? What's my story? What's your story? Where, what was your, like, where do you want to start? Like, you want to start when you're... Uh, well, so my story is less important uh, than like my part in God's story, right? The sure. way, the, what he's done in my life. And so for me, it starts back as early as I can remember. Um, I grew up in a home uh, where we didn't go to church. Um, now, my dad and my mom would call themselves believers. Um, they had had experiences um, uh, with prayer and with church early on uh, before I was ever born, but I didn't grow up in church. Um, and so I actually didn't go to a church until I was probably, oh man, almost 16 or 17 years old. Mm. Um, I went one time on Easter, because I think my dad probably felt guilty that we should go. Right. Um, uh, but that was it. That was my whole experience with, with church. Now, I, I had an awareness of, of God. We would pray over our meals and stuff like that. But that's kind of the extent of my understanding of a relationship with God. So uh, we... I was born in, like, central Florida, and then we moved to North Carolina. My family was moving all over. My dad worked in the, um, uh, the phone company, phone business. Mm -hmm. And we ended up living in Atlanta, um, like, the early 90s. And things were going good. And then kind of out of nowhere, my father lost his job. And he didn't have a college education, and so it spent, it was probably a good solid seven or eight months where he was out of work, and I just watched my dad, who I really looked up to, go through one of the hardest times I've ever seen in my life. It was really difficult on him, difficult on the family. Well, he finally, and this is before the internet, so you're going right. to like a headhunters, and he's just sending out like hundreds of resumes, right, right. right. Uh, so eventually he found an opportunity with a phone company in Tallahassee, and he had a relative living in, um, I think it was just outside, I guess he was in Quincy or something. So he moved down um, and we stayed in school. So this is probably like the beginning of the year. So this is like January, February. So we had a few more months in the year. My dad moved down to go to the job and then would travel up on the weekends to spend time with us. And he did that for probably three or four months. Mm. And at the end of that, we packed up, we moved. It was the beginning of summer. We moved, moved to Tallahassee and we picked a house that was close to what we thought was a good school system. Uh, it was not a good school system. Um, and so when school started, we had kind of settled in, everything was fine, and the first three days of school at middle school, I got in like three fights. 
Mm. Um, I'm a gentle yeah, giant. I don't really fight. Like um, but people liked picking on the kid who was new, and I was pretty tall. I'm 6'10 now, but in high school, like I was like 6'8". I grew two inches after I graduated from high school. So I've always been tall, and everybody likes picking on the big kid. That's right. I didn't like that at all. Uh, so I went, I told my mom, I was like, look, I, I don't want to go back to school. I'm done. I hate this place. I left all my friends. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't like this place. So she's like, okay, we're going to put you in uh, a private school. Um, there were only like three private schools in town. One of them was too expensive, and the other two were Christian schools. So we went to one of the Christian schools, which was North Florida Christian, and they didn't have any openings, and they sent us to the third one, which was Community Christian. Um, now, we had no experience with Christian you know, Christianity at all up to this point. Um, so, and then now I'm just put into a Christian school. So all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I'm sitting in like Bible classes and all these, you know, sitting in chapels. And it was the strangest thing because there's this entire like church culture and no Christian idea. culture. I, it was, and it was all like so new to everybody. Everyone knew all these songs and they knew all these stories from like Sunday school. These and books that you yeah, read this, yeah, like, yeah, I was, it was bizarre. I mean, I knew what the Bible was, right, but right. I wasn't familiar with any of the stories. So it was a very strange experience. Uh, that school only went up to eighth grade, so then I graduated uh, from there and went to North Florida the next year. So I went to North Florida 9th, 10th, 11th, and 12th grade. And North Florida was kind of really when things started changing for, for me spiritually. Um, so my sister had a friend who was going to a church in town, and I was probably in like 10th grade at the time when my sister's friend invited us to, well, I guess it was 11th grade, invited us to a Wednesday night youth service. So we went on a Wednesday night, uh, but we went late so we didn't have to go sit in the service so we could just stay late and play basketball because that's what they did afterwards. That's right, because right. you're 6'8". Yeah, great. exactly. I hate sports, <laughs> by the way, if you don't know that. I don't play basketball. The ball uh, bounces. But I'm a big social, yeah, I'm a social person, so we would go late and hang out. And so we did that for a year. For a year, I would drive my sister. We lived in Killarne. We'd drive all the way up to this church, which is out way on North Monroe. Um, and we would hang out for about an hour or two after service and meet, you know, hang out with all these church people that have nothing to do with church. Um, and so after about a year of that, the youth pastor came up to me and he said, hey, this summer we're having a summer camp. Uh, would you like to come? I was like, nah, it's not really my cup of tea, man. I'm not, no, nah, thanks. Uh, and so then he said, well, I'll pay your way. And it's a week. That's, that's what I did. I was like, oh, okay. You know, yeah, I mean, a week away from your family and kind of, it sounds fun, whatever. I've never been to a camp before. So he paid for me and my sister. So it was a week long. It was over in Mariana. Um, uh, it was a wild experience. Uh, the church that I was going to at the time was a charismatic church. So they were really kind of over the top when it came to like singing and services. And a lot of the speakers were very... Um, Charismatic. Charismatic. Um, so the, so I, and again, I had no experience. I had nowhere. I didn't know that there were like these little tribes within Christianity where like some people are very put together and some people, <laughs> they're doing laps during the service. I didn't, you know, know. They're all runners. Right, exactly. So uh, we get to this camp and the first night, uh, it, it was buck wild. <laughs> the wild, wild west. It was wild, man. There were, it was almost like everyone just kind of knew what to do. There were kids as soon as the first his cords were strummed. Kid, there was like a group of kids just got up and ran up to the front. It was like, what are they doing? <laughs> and then they start jumping around and singing. I'm like, what is going on? And I'm on the back row with some of the, you know, the cool kids. I wasn't a cool kid, but I was sitting next to some of them. And my sister was next to me. And I kept looking over her like, what have we got ourselves into? We made this a grave weird. error. 
man, this is weird. Um, so, you know, the, the first song goes on, the second song, uh, and by like the third song, I'm just kind of standing there looking around at what's going on, and uh, out of nowhere, the Holy Spirit hit me like a dump truck. Mm-hmm. And out of, like, I was as just lucid as I am right now. My mind is all about me. I'm completely here mentally, but it was almost like like the Holy Spirit just smacked me upside the head and my emotions, I just lost control of them. And I just I just started crying. I was in the back row and I just I just started bawling. Mm. And I didn't know why. Because I was I was just like, why is this happening? <laughs> I you didn't really why I'm crying. So you're like you didn't even know what was you were just there was Didn't know how to explain no any of it. Was not familiar with any of this stuff. Uh, and it was so funny. My sister, she's a year and a half uh, younger than me. She looks up at me and she's like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> and I looked down and I was like, I don't know what is wrong with me. <laughs> Trying to keep it together. Yeah. And it only got worse. <laughs> the music kept going and the worship going and the tears kept flowing. And I'm a pretty sensitive dude, but man, it was, <laughs> it was wild. Uh, just waterworks, and I could just feel this stuff that I'd never felt before. I was like, man, God's just trying, he's trying to get my attention. So I sat there, and the, I don't even remember if the camp speaker spoke that night, but uh, we went back to our bunks that night, and I remember praying my first prayer. And uh, I had brought a Bible with me. I don't even know where I got it from, but I brought a Bible, and I remember sitting on my bed opening up, just looking at it, going like, I don't know where to start. I don't even know what to look at. So I, stare, I stared at it for like five or ten minutes and then closed it. And I remember closing my eyes and I prayed this prayer. I said, God, if that happens to me again, I'm going to get saved. Because I kept hearing everybody talk okay. about this. Like, are you saved? You're going to get saved? Did you get saved yesterday? When did you get saved? Who's saved? Are you saved? I, I was like, I guess this is the thing people do. I'm saved from something. I don't know I, what I, from, I don't know. I didn't even know I needed right, saved. Right, but I'm, right? I'm but I got to get, get saved. saved. It's got to be done. <clears throat> so in my mind... Uh, there was something that I, I needed to respond to, right? Just kind of inherently, I knew that there was, there was something I needed to respond to. So the next night at camp, well, we're sitting on the back row, and uh, the music starts again. People get up and start walking to the front. Um, some people, like, jump into the front. I get up out of my seat, and I just kind of quiet. I didn't tell my sister I was doing this or anything. I just get up, and I just walk around. I don't even make eye contact. I just walk around to the front, and I stand in the back of the group that's in the front. I can't really hide too well. Right, right, right. That's right. That's right. And you don't want to be rude. You want to be, you want to be in the back. Yeah, right? I stick out like a sore thumb. So right. I'm in the back thinking, yeah, I'm just kind of blending in, and we're just going to say, I don't know what's going to happen. So I got my eyes closed. And I'm kind of, I don't know the song, so I'm just kind of sitting there grooving to it. And all of a sudden, I notice that the music has stopped. And I kind of open one eye like this. And I realize that everybody in front of me has, like, parted like the Red Sea. <laughs> but you didn't know what the Red Sea. They, they... I didn't even know that. Yeah, sorry, I know that now. Right. Yeah, I didn't even know. It's right. That's right. That's funny. So I'm standing there. There's this big part in front of me, and the camp speaker is standing in front of me. And the music has stopped. The room is quiet. And he's this little, tiny, red-headed dude, right? I mean, he's like maybe 5'3". Mm. Wow, okay. And he comes up to me, and he's a fiery dude. And he comes up to me, and he's got, his, like, he's got like one eye half open. He's got this snarl on his face. Some of you are like, I, I know what you're talking about. I don't know this guy, but I know this guy. He walks up, and he's got his finger in his face, in my face, and he walks up, and he goes, the, he, he does this, he, and he says, the Lord's got a message for you. <laughs> me? I was like, okay, what is it? 
And he said, I want you to close your eyes. So I said, I close my eyes. <clears throat> and he says, the Lord is going to do a quick work in you. Mm. And that's all I remember. And he put his hand on my forehead. And the next thing I remember, I was 10 feet back mm. on the floor. I had no reference for how any of that worked. Mm. All I remember is I was laying on the ground crying mm. and praying in my first prayer, Jesus, save me. I'm yours. Save me. And at that point, every plan I had for my entire life was thrown out the window because I knew that he had something for me. I didn't know what that looked like, but I knew all I wanted was what he had. Mm. It's kind of funny. Up to that point, I had big plans of going into law enforcement. I thought it would really? be funny if I was a U.S. Marshal. <laughs> So that everyone would call me Marshall Marshall. Marshall Marshall. <laughs> we, we got the funny thing about you. That's that's. Gonna, that's the funny thing the about, thing about me. Man, I'm so late. It always late, comes out at some point. Always late to the party. So I'm laying there, I'm just crying. I'm just thinking, Lord, you are unbelievable. You have such a way of changing everything. My entire life, everything I thought I wanted, I don't even want it anymore. There's nothing greater than you. I, and it's mm -hmm. funny, I'm thinking and, and praying all these, all these prayers and saying all these things that when you look back in the word, you see this is what Jesus is talking about. Right. When, you know, Matthew 13, you know, I, I was thinking today, um, Luke 20, 18, the, 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 the stone that the builders rejected became the cornerstone, right? And everyone who throw them, throws themselves on the stone is going to be broken to pieces. But anyone who's, the stone falls on them, they're going to be crushed. And I'm just, mm. I'm, I'm literally, I don't have words to describe it, but I just, it was at that moment, I threw myself on the cornerstone, mm. and I was just broken. And it crushed. was the greatest feeling I ever felt in my life. Mm. And so the service kind of closed down and worship was ending and we kind of got in this big circle and people were kind of sharing what, what God had done and what he was speaking. Um, and then a couple of my friends, like we were going around the room doing testimonies. There was like 80 people in the room. Uh, and some of my closest friends, like when they would come around testimony, like, what did God do for you tonight? And mo like almost like three or four of them, they would say the same thing. Like, uh, I just can't believe that that <laughs> dude... The guy who comes on Wednesdays for basketball just got rocked. And I'm over there just like. <laughs> so I got up and I found the youth pastor who paid for me to be there. And I said, I said, man, everything's changed. I'm, I'm a different guy. I was like, I, God's calling me to ministry and I don't know what to do. And so he said, okay. So we got back that night. We had a big service where the family was invited and I was baptized that night. And then uh, that was the kickoff of the summer. It was like the first week of summer. Mm. And so he hired me to be his intern for the summer. And every day I would go up for like $50 a week and just shadow him. So how, how old were you at this time? Just wondering. This was 2008. So I was 17. 2008? No, sorry, 1998. <laughs> okay, sorry. Okay. 2008. Wait a second. You're only, you're older. How old are you? <laughs> You're 20 you years haven't old. even been saved longer to be a pastor. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, so I would have been 20 in 2001. Shoot, I'm really bad at math. Somebody, how old was I in 1998? <laughs> 17. Yeah, 17. Okay, 17, yeah. thanks, Matt. 
He's a lawyer. He's good at that. Yeah, so 17. Yeah, that, that's right. Because then, because uh, after the summer, then I went back to my senior year um, at North Florida, and I was a completely different dude. And people, like, they didn't even recognize me. Because mm. I, and so here's the thing about me. It's not like Jesus saved me from this life of, like, wild debauchery. Like, mm. I've never been in jail. I've never been drunk. I've never done drugs. I've never done anything wild. Um, he saved me from, like, the most lukewarm life you could possibly mm. imagine. That's good. Like, it, I mean, it was just my life was worth nothing. Yeah. It just didn't mean anything. I wasn't living for anything. There was no value in it. And he saved me from that. And he gave me purpose. And he gave me a family. Mm. But the thing that I really struggled with was, like, sarcasm and, and cutting people down with their speech and being just a, just a jerk. I was not a good guy in high school. That's right. And it's funny that I've met some people who've come to the church uh, or I've met afterwards, and they haven't known me since high school. And they're like, right, you're a pastor? <laughs> <laughs> You're one of them, man. Yeah, right. And so it's a testimony to God's faithfulness, man. And so I went back to high school. I was uh, senior year. I got voted chaplain that year. I started speaking in chapel. Um, and God's hand, he just kept working. And everywhere I turned, it was exactly what that little prophet guy said. He was, it was going to be a fast work. Every time he turned around, man, he's doing something else. It, uh, and, and yeah, I mean, it was just so wild. Um, so then, uh, I'm just kind of rambling. Did no, you want to no, interject? <laughs> no, you're good. No, just keep talking. This is good. Uh, so that was 98. Um, so I really, I started volunteering with the children's ministry at the church, trying to get involved. Um, and then I graduated, and I had a decision I had to make. Do I want to go to Bible college, um, or do I want to stay at my local church and learn ministry hands-on? And uh, I said, well, I'll just kind of, I'll have it. I'll go to TCC first and then decide. So I went to TCC for two years. And after that, I was like, okay, now it's time. I got to go to Bible college or not. So I went and visited a couple. And, man, it was just, I realized very quickly it was not for me. Mm, Like, you had to live on campus. And it was just like, like, yeah, well, no, it wasn't. wasn't It was kind of that. But, but like, Bible college is the same as every other college. That's right. I mean, there's people are just being wild. You had to live on campus. People are drinking. People don't go to Bible college to get a degree. People go to Bible college to find a wife. Mm, yeah. They're going to find a spouse. Yeah, and so it's just like these heightened, like, emotions. And it's just like everyone's looking. It's like, the Lord told me that you're mine. Saying, right, right, right. That's right. What? That's a good pickup line, though. Right? Yeah. It was just like, no, I don't want any part of this. So I was like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay at home. I'm going to live with my parents in their basement, <laughs> right. and I'm going to go to Florida State. So I went to Florida State. Um, I got a communications degree. I minored uh, in religion. Do not recommend that. <laughs> don't recommend minoring in religion at Florida State. Um, but I majored in communications, uh, and I tried to tailor my education towards ministry. Mm. And so I signed up for classes that I thought would be in, in, important. I signed up for, like, interpersonal communications and, like, uh, public speaking, advertising, those kind of classes. I took a, um, uh, an argument persuasion class. And it was funny. I didn't realize when I took the class at the time that the, profess- the class was for the forensics team, like the debate team. <laughs> and I was the only one in the class who wasn't on the debate team because I didn't know what the class was for. So the first class, there's, like, 30 people in here, and I'm looking around, and everybody knows each other. And they're like, who are you? Like, I'm just, I'm just and here. so the professor, he's like, you're not on the debate team. I was like, no. He's like, that's what this class is for. I was like, oh, well, <laughs> I thought it was something else. So uh, I think, he, I guess he was a believer because after class, he called me up. And he said, why are you taking this class? I said, because I thought it would be helpful in preparation for ministry. And he goes, all right, I'm not going to kick you out of my class. Most of what we do in this class will prepare us for debate 
uh, tournaments we're going to go to. But you're not going on those tournaments, so I'm going to give you different assignments. Hmm. So what I want you to do every week is I want you to write a sermon, and you're going to come into my office and teach it to me, and we're going to sharpen your skills, and we're going to work wow. on argument persuasion. That's incredible. So for a whole semester, I just it was just I would go to class, but I would learn these techniques that I would then apply um, wow. in a sermon prep. Wow. So it was a crazy educate. God's hand, totally. Like, the Lord did that. That was not something that you could orchestrate. Um, he did that. So I was going through, you know, Florida State, and then uh, right around 2001, it was the summer of 2001, me and a couple friends backpacked over to Israel. That was a real life-changing experience. And when I came back, I could feel kind of something changing in me. It was like, all right, so there's a season change. Something's about to be different. And it sounds funny, but I knew I was going to meet my wife. She wasn't going to be my wife, but I right, met sure, her, but sure. I knew. That's right, right. right. So I, I knew I was going uh, to meet her. So we came back in, like, August, and I could just feel, like, I remember walking the campus of Florida State just feeling like, man, I feel so lonely because um, something's changing. And so I went to a Bible study. Uh, this is a funny – are we – I don't want to go over time. Like, no, you're good. You're okay. Good. We're good. So checking. we go to this Bible study. Uh, it was at my friend's house. Uh, it was a bunch of college students. And we had been doing this for a little while, but one night, um, my wife, Sarah, showed up uh, with another girl <laughs> who had had a crush on me at the time. Always starts that way. So this girl funny. brought my wife <laughs> to the Bible study, and then afterwards, my wife's like, well, I had a lot of fun. If you guys ever do anything, let me know. And I was like, can I have your phone number? <laughs> I never do that. I don't, I never did that. But I got her phone number, and then like a week later, called her, and then we went on a date, and it was just like I knew. Hmm. And so the first date we went on, this is, don't take notes, don't do this. But like on the first date, we went it to... It worked, so maybe... <laughs> uh, well, wait till I say it. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so we went to the Atlanta Bread Company, and we're sitting there, and I was just really intentional about my life. Like, I'm not interested in playing around. I knew the season I was in. I knew it was time to move on. And so I sat down with my wife. Uh, Sarah, we are having, uh, uh, you know, the old soup out of a bread bowl mm, kind of a thing. I miss Atlanta Brooks. Yes. Uh, and we're talking, and I said, I said, look, um, I said, I like you. I said, but I'm not really interested in dating anybody um, without the intention of marriage. And so I'm only interested in dating you if you're interested in that. And she was like, yep. bold move. Oh, she's like, definitely. That's same. I don't. I'm not interested in fooling around. It's like, okay, cool. So I'm not going to make this official until I ask your dad's permission if we can date. And she's like, okay, that's kind of strange. <laughs> but, like, I, I just, I don't know. I just had these things. Like, I'm reading through the Bible, and it just seems really intentional. So, like, if I'm a Christian, I should just do what's in there, right? So I go to her father, and I ask her permission, right? <laughs> and some of you guys know my father-in-law, Sean. Sean so I, 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 don't, I go to Sean, um, and I meet him the first time. And I said, so I'm here because I want to ask your permission to date your daughter, and his response was, uh, what have you brought for me? <laughs> that's a very Sean move. Yeah, it was. If you know him, that's... That's, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, it's on brand for him. Uh, to which I responded, two goats. <laughs> and that was enough. That's right. Uh, so we started dating. Uh, eight months after that, we got engaged. Eight months after that, we got married. Um, and by this time, I had been asked to come on staff at the church that I got saved at. I was doing children's ministry. Um, we got married. Um, a year later, we had our first son, Anderson. Um, and then we had Caroline, and we had Sullivan. And so between the years of like 2001 and 2013 uh, was just kind of my training years in ministry. Um, at that church, I learned a lot of what to do. I learned a lot of what not to do. Um, but it was my Bible college experience. It mm -hmm. was 
God's faithfulness at that time was unprecedented. Like, I just, I learned so much because of the leading Holy Spirit and being surrounded by guys um, who some knew what they were doing, some didn't know what they were doing. But, um, you know, like God raised up David under the worst king uh, in Israel, Saul. And so you can learn a lot about what not to do under certain people. And so during that education, it was it was phenomenal. I loved it. I did children's ministry, youth ministry. I did everything but lead worship there. I did that once, but I won't ever do I've that heard you, I've heard you lead worship before. You don't want to yeah, do yeah, that. Yeah, no, yeah. no, you don't want to do that. Um, and so towards the end of that kind of time, like 2011, 2012, um, I was actually on staff uh, with Chad and Christy, who led worship here tonight. And we, we've known each other. Our families have been friends since like a month before the wedding. <laughs> like they got <laughs> married like a month or two before us. And we've just been friends forever. And so we worked alongside each other, and we would have these conversations during this time. We'd go in, and I'd go into Chad's office, and I'd talk to him um, about church finances and, you know, things that needed to change or ideas that we had about stuff. And I'd bounce wild ideas off him, and he'd bounce wild ideas off me because he grew up in church, and he's got a background in this, and he's seen things done the right way and the wrong way. And I'd have conversations with Christy about worship. And it was just funny. I look back now, and I see all those conversations as God's providence. He was forging what we're doing right now at Red Hills during those years. And I was convinced that I was going to serve at that church for the rest of my life. Like, I I wanted to be at that church forever because that was my first church. I love that church. Um, And there came a time where the pastor stepped down. This was like 2013. Uh, and they asked me to be the interim senior pastor. I put in my application to become the pastor, um, and I, I was not put into the process as they moved forward. And at, at that point, I realized it was like, man, my season here is over. Like, what I want to serve in ministry and what I want as far as leading within a church is not lining up with the vision of what they have, and that's not wrong or bad. It's just where we were. So I knew it was time to move on. So I put in my resignation. Uh, and I went in um, and I uh, interviewed with um, a software company here in town and I got the job in the first interview. And it was, I knew it was just because for me, like I got saved and then I went to college and I was working at a church and that's all I ever had. Like I had no job experience. There was nothing on my resume. It was like high school, college, and then church. 13 years. Right. And so you get pigeonholed, uh, and this is a lot of the issues that I see within the local church. There are pastors who, man, it's time for them to move on and go do something else. Their season's over, yeah. but they don't know how to do anything else. Yeah. They don't have any other skills. Every and so they feel trapped because they've got, they have to feed their families. Mm. But the season for them doing this is over, and they don't know what to do. And I, my heart breaks for them because I felt that. I knew, like, I was in that season. But God led me out of that. He provided me this, this job opportunity. I worked there for five years. But that was like uh, the summer of 2013. And, and uh, so this now we kind of get to the Red Hills, Red Hills. season. I have yeah. a transition music yeah. here. It'll get a little kind of somber. Enter Red Hills. I'm loving it. <laughs> I'm loving it. <laughs> cultures within Christianity where like you either go to a really charismatic church and they've got really passionate worship but the let's be honest the, the word is pretty shallow mm-hmm. like most of the messages right. are just like one verse and then 40 minutes and a lot of shouting and That's you right. feel excited but you don't really leave changed 
Or you can go to a church where it's like music is not really a big deal, right? But the message is like really solid, and so everyone shows up late. They don't want to go to the music, but they're always there for a word right, on time. Right, you know right. what I'm talking about. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And so we'd have this conversation. I'd tell Christian, like, what if, what, man, what if we had a church that was just like, like spirit and truth? Mm. Like people were passionate about worship, and they just loved singing to Jesus like we see we're commanded to in the New Testament and the entire book of Psalms, but also a, a, like a, a church that was really grounded and rooted in the word. Mm -hmm. Like they studied the word, right. Right, right, <laughs> not right. like a movie that, yeah. uh, I digress. <laughs> so um, so we go over to, uh, my, my family goes over to Chad and Christie's house for dinner one night. This is um, in October or something of the, uh, no, this would have been like July or August. So we're having dinner, um, and uh, I had just left this other church, and Chad knew that I had this mission and vision organized. And so we're having dinner, and he just kind of slips into the casual conversation. He's like, so um, about that vision. what are you going to do with that vision for a church? <laughs> uh, and, and then he goes, because I'd go to a church like that. <laughs> and that was the Holy Spirit. Because yeah. I went home and I couldn't, man, I couldn't shake that. The Holy mm. Spirit spoke through Chad, man. Mm. I, I couldn't shake it. I woke up thinking about it for like two weeks. And then at the end of that two weeks, I woke up and I, and I opened my eyes and the name Red Hills Church was just in my mind. And I felt the Holy Spirit say, I want you to plant a church mm. and I want you to call it Red Hills Church. And the mission and the vision was already written out. Mm. So I went and told them that. And, like, they were already on board. Like, they're hearing from God. It's like, finally, you're catching up. It's about time. Right. right, right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so uh, it was 2013. It was towards the end, September, October. I have it all written down in a notebook because I try to keep track of, like, the milestones of our church because it is important to me. I just can't call it to my mom. But it was, I guess it was around November maybe. It was later in the year, uh, that's in when 2013. I, when I, we celebrate our, our Yeah, birthdays. that's right. So it would have been like the first weekend or second or weekend. Like yeah. So um, we call like a leadership meeting. There were a group of people that were close to me that I, I knew at the time they weren't going to any other churches. I wasn't pulling them away from other churches. They were just people who loved Jesus and weren't planted anywhere. I called them over to my house for dinner, and we shared the vision with them. And there was like 13 of us, 12 or 13 of us. Um, and it was just in my living room. And you can just feel the Spirit of God in that place. Yeah. And so I said, okay, so next Sunday, let's just do it. Let's just meet at my house at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Terrible time to have church, <laughs> by the way. That's nap time, not church time. So we met at my house the next Sunday at like 4 o'clock, and uh, I preached the first message. And then uh, on that Sunday, it had already outgrown my house. There were too many people in the room, and so we moved my father-in-law's house. We stayed there for a few weeks, and then um, he was—he uh, had a connection with an amazing church here in town, Four Oaks. They're an awesome church. They gave us some space in their shopping complex and let us meet on Sunday afternoon. Zumba with Randy. Yeah, we shared it with a place called Zumba with Randy, and the <laughs> Zumba with Randy, Randy with an I. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And the sign was on the wall, like glued, so you couldn't take it down. So it was like. Red Hills Church <laughs> at Zumba with Randy. <laughs> it was great. 
Um, and it was strange because I was teaching to a room of maybe 20 people, 25 people, and w- the church that I had come from, I mean, it was a 2,500-seat sanctuary. And so mm-hmm. regularly I was speaking to large, you know, 1,000, 1,500-member crowds. And it, was, and it wasn't like it was humbling because I don't really care about that, but it was just strange, the dynamic of the room, because what God was doing, he was just, he was like, I'm, I'm doing this thing, and I'm, I'm pulling all of this like old way of you thinking that things need to be done. I'm just going to, we're going to do it fresh. It's like, Uh okay. So we were faithful. We moved from there. Then we moved to Sunday mornings. We were over at the American Legion and then we moved to the Young Actors Theater and now we're in the um, North, yeah, the Community Center, Northside Community Center. Center. Um, And it has been surreal to watch the hand of God because we're, we don't really advertise. No, we do not. Like, we don't have billboards out. Like, <laughs> we're not on the radio talking about how great Red Hills Church is. You don't even uh, put signs on, like, we have yard signs. That's, is that, that that's advertisement. We yeah, we did that. that once, and I think yeah. it lasted a week because no one likes yard signs, and it just that's got right. pulled up and thrown away. Exactly. Um, and so what's happened over the last seven years as a church, I guess we're coming up on eight pretty soon here, uh, is God, the, everything that has been done has been completely the Lord. Mm-hmm. It's not the work of some guy's hand. It's not because of some crafty whatever. It's because we made a decision as a church to lift Jesus up. That's right. And he fulfilled his promise that he would draw all men unto him. And as a couple times tonight, I walked around with some of you guys. I said this to Kelsey because she was in the room with us when we planted and we first started. I said this to you. Isn't it surreal to walk around and see what God has done? Because, I, I mean, I don't, a year ago, I, I didn't even know most of you. That's right. I don't know a lot of people in the room, to be honest. And that, to me, is one of the most amazing things about the way that God works. There's no program you can put in place to just trigger a move of God. That's right. He either blows on it or he doesn't. Mm. And so there are some things that we chose as a church culturally to do different than a lot of churches do, and I understand that those are things that are appealing to specific people. But, like, how did these people even find out about it? Mm. I don't know. Somebody told them that somebody, somebody that they trust or somebody. I don't I feel that pull for us to try to get into that arena. Like, we're at a place that's like, well, what if we start doing this or that or that? And every mm. time... We have a conversation about that. It's like, if no, I tell you no. Well, no, no, no. No. It was just like it's not right. It doesn't feel right. It's not us. It's not us. It's not us. And the trick now is okay. Well, not the trick, but the the, and that's one of the things that falls on the shoulders of leadership. I have to be able to hear the like the voice of God for how we're going to be able to keep the small community feel as we continue to grow. That's right. Because I don't know that I've ever seen it done. Because the moment you do something like add a second service just because of enough people in the room, all of a sudden it's like, I don't know who these people are. And then people are not coming in and they're like, hey, is this your first time? No, I've been here for two years. I just come to the 9 o'clock. First service church and then you have a second service church. I hate that. I don't like that. And so I I don't know how to do all that, but I do know this. There's not been a single time in the entire season of planting this church where there wasn't something that came up that the Lord didn't solve without me trying to figure it out. Hmm. That's right. Yeah. My part yeah. was to pray. Yeah. Lord, here's the thing. Can you show us how to do it? Yeah. 
And he does it. And he does it like opening doors to like buildings. Like, I don't know where we're going to fit all these people. I don't know where we're going to yeah. move. We, we outgrew our children's facility at Young Actors Theater before we outgrew our main room. <laughs> we had like 40 people in the main room. We had, but, we had but one we Sunday, had we had more kids, more kids than kids. we had adults. Yeah, exactly. The, and and in, this is a fun fact. In, in the seven and a half years as a church, there hasn't been one time where we haven't had at least one woman pregnant. Right. A baby's been born every, at like. There's always yeah, there's some always woman. somebody, yes. With child. So if it's up, if we don't have anybody pregnant right now. No, we absolutely do. We do. Ashley. Ash, oh, that's right. I forgot. Now keep there the streak is. alive. So church family. That's right. It just keeps growing. You go do God's work. That's right. That's right. Tonight. That's right. I absolutely love children. I grew up doing children's ministry, and so like the noise of like the kids playing in the background, I understand like if you're a parent and that's your kid, you're just like, ugh. I know it's my son. I get it, but like to me, like I don't, I don't mind it. I love it. I love the sound of kids playing in the background. I love having kids around. We've done family services around Christmas time where everyone comes into the room. I love that kind of stuff. But that's just, that's just a part of the culture of what we do. I, I think it's important for us to understand that there are certain things that we value, and that comes across in the way that we do stuff. And that may be uh, like one of the reasons why people are excited about what God is doing at our church. But at the end of the day, it's not about us. Yeah, it's about what he drew these people here um, for something unique. And I could go all night about all the good That's even like, I think tonight is a testament of that. Like, we put out, we were so funny when we, when we decided to do this. We were in a, how, how many weeks fast of social media? Yeah, 40 days. Yeah. And I was like, well, I can't talk about <laughs> you it. You can't advertise it. <laughs> uh, I can't do anything about that. We're not, you know. And then I think I got maybe a couple chances. And then all these people show up. And it's just like, I, I was it brought to tears. When I, I turned around, I was just facing that wall, and I was like, how? How? It's only one week. And it's, and it's important to clarify this. I, I shed tears tonight, too, but not because of how many people were in the room. Because when I look around, I see the, the kind of people that are in the exactly. room. Exactly. Exactly. And I say this often. On Sunday morning, when you look around at the people at Red Hills Church, you guys, there's not a single person in the room who feels like they have to be there. Mm-hmm. Every person in that room you can tell by their heart, they want to be there. They treasure Jesus above everything else, and they want to be there. That's and right. that's what's so unique and special about what God is doing. We're, it's not a church filled of a bunch of people who are doing it because they've got to check off some box or because their wife is dragging them because they got to. Deep down, there is something stirring inside their heart, and God is doing something in the husbands and the wives and the teenagers. Uh, it is... Oh, man, it is such a blessing to, there's not words. There's not. At this point, I normally ask the person I'm interviewing, where do they see God taking you in the future? God, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Don't know, don't care. It's kind of freeing. It is. It's, a, it's the best way to live. Yeah. Because the moment you start putting expectations on things, then all of a sudden, like, God doesn't live up or... You feel like, oh, I should have thought bigger. I need to put programs together. And I said this a few uh, months ago in a service. I came to a place over the last year in ministry, and this is the first time I've gotten there, where I felt like my responsibility as a pastor isn't to drive the bus anymore, the bus being like the ministry work, Mm -hmm. right? I don't drive the bus anymore. I sit right behind Jesus, and he's driving the bus. And he pulls up to a bus stop, and he's like, hey, I want you to get off. I want you to go talk to this person. I want you to go do this, drop this letter off. Then I want you to get back on the bus, and we're going. I'm like, yes, sir. That's my job, hmm. to just follow his leading because he's driving. He's in charge, he's not right. me. So Jesus took the wheel. Jesus. 
choice. That Gosh. was fantastic. Um, well, Marshall, thank you so much for sharing your story Absolutely. with everybody. Um, I know as a, as a you know, I've been here six years, I guess, just to be a part of this is special. Uh, not because of what we've built or anything like that, but as someone who didn't necessarily grow up in church, but spent enough time in church to know what I'm not looking for, uh, to be a part of something that is just so community-driven and Jesus-driven is just, it does. It's like Sunday mornings is not a burden. One of my favorite parts about Sunday morning is the time between worship and the teaching. Yeah. When Chrissy, whoever's leading worship that Sunday, says, okay, go ahead and say hey to your neighbor, and then we're going to, you know, Pastor Marshall's going to come up, and we're going to teach you whatever. And then, like, if I didn't stop or if I started talking, That's like, you guys would just, That's right. keep, just going. keep on going. That's right. That's right. It's my favorite time. Like, sometimes I'll just stand up there and watch you guys talking because, like, that's not common in church. Like, you, you've got to, like, new visitors, they don't get, unless somebody's, like, intentionally, raise your hand if this is your first time. No, like, people are going up, like, talk. It just seems like a room full of people who really like being there and love being next to each other. This and isn't an is. advertisement for Red Hills, but it's kind of funny. Somebody walked up to me at church on Sunday yeah. who had just gone to the information class and became a member. And they walked up to me after a couple of weeks and, and asked me, am I, am, I, am I a member? <laughs> and I, I said, yeah, you filled out the form and signed it and gave it to me. We put you, yeah, we're good. Uh, and the, I could tell they were, in their brain, they had expected, not like I needed to have something else happen, but in so many other places, it's like you'd have some sort of like bring all the new members up. And then there would be this so, yeah, big yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. ceremony almost. Yeah. And I was like, no, you're part of the family now. Welcome. Yeah. You know? And it was freeing for him because he was like, oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. And we just walked away. But that's just it is a yeah, it is a pretty casual church. We don't yeah. mind people making mistakes or, you know, whatever. It's 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 the most casual <laughs> family feeling yeah. down home that's church it. that you'll find. That's right. And that's what I love about it. And that's been Red Hill that's Stories. Been Red Hill Things no. that we talk about about the church. No, that's good. That's it. Thanks for having me in and thank you for putting this together. And before before we kind of transition, I, I I think it would be awesome for us to end with just more, one more worship song before That's we right. end so that the band will come back over. Before we end, I just want to say thank you to every one of you that made this possible. Yes. It's really easy within the life of a church to forget how much work it takes in order for the people to be served. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, it took a while putting up these curtains and getting the sound check. People have been here since, like, lunchtime putting stuff together. The sound team, Troy, you, know, exactly. you guys are so amazing. Every single Sunday. But thank you. Thank, thank you. Thank you for everything that you do to make all of this possible. Thank, thank you, you for Mark. putting this event together. For Yeah, for Mark for letting us use this facility. Uh, thank you for the worship team. I mean, hey, look. God delights in using his people, and I find great joy in serving along you guys. You guys are a That's pleasure right. to serve along. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you.